Hi, friends. Welcome to the Different Church Podcast, a place where we update you on all things Different Church and where you can hear a Bible study from the awesome Hannah. Woo! Yay! How you guys doing today? I hope you're doing awesome. Normally, I would jump into telling you exactly what we've got going on at Different Church, and I will do that in a second. But before that, I wanted to actually add some content for this podcast. You're going to get a little story out of me. So hopefully this is at least half as good as what Hannah does. And if it's not, don't worry, it's not long. And then you can just fast forward to her. So something cool happened to me today. um, And I just wanted to share it with you. Uh, For those of you who are uh, big social media users, specifically like Facebook, um, it gets a bad rap. Uh, All social media gets a bad rap. Technology in general kind of does. And I get it. You know, you got to be careful and don't use it too much and understand that things that you see aren't always real and all that stuff. But one thing that is real is you can still form really cool connections on social media. I'm actually a big believer in Facebook groups. If any of you guys are in Facebook groups, uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you should look for some. Like you can find a Facebook group, Facebook group for almost anything. I'm in one for Apple Logic users because I like to produce music. I'm in a bunch for church stuff. Uh, I have some friends that have a Facebook group for our fantasy football league. So it's a really cool place to have just kind of conversations that are just in your group. And you can really form some cool bonds there. And so tonight I saw something and I just I just had to jump. Uh, I'm in a group for worship leaders, which is funny because um, I'm not a worship leader. Uh, but I snuck in. Don't tell them. They'll kick me out. Uh, and then there's a second group called Worship Leaders Topics where you can just go and talk about anything. They actually encourage you to talk about controversial things, which is really cool. Um, how many times are you in church community and they would encourage you not to talk about controversial things. Uh, And so you can talk about whatever you want. uh, And also you can talk about non-controversial things. So this guy who has kind of become a a friend of mine, I've never met him, nor have I met probably, I don't know if I've met anybody in that group, to be honest. But we've had some really cool conversations um, over the years. And I would say we've become friends. And he just came to the group because he just wanted to vent. He's having a rough time. Uh, his living situation is, is kind of messed up and he was getting kicked out of one place before he could get into the new place and his uh, money wasn't lining up correctly and he just he couldn't pay what he needed to do to get into where he needed to go. And I don't know, um, I could help, you know, I for those of you who uh, kind of know my story right now, um, I'm freelancing. We're not getting any money from the church. So uh, money's kind of tight. I'm hoping to continue to build this business so that it's not one day, but right now it is. (laughs) But, you know, I can spare 20 bucks. And I just, I I was like maybe the first or second guy to comment on his posts. And I just thought if I said that, maybe I could kind of start a little chain reaction. And so I did. I just said, hey, you know, I I don't have a whole ton right now, but I, I can absolutely spare $20. You know, shoot me your Venmo or Cash App or something. And man, within like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, there was probably like 25 or 30 comments on his, on his thread. And almost all of them were offering to, you know, send a little money his direction. And I think there's like 2000 people in the group. So, you know, 
if everybody does a little bit, you know, it's, it's not a big burden on anyone. And he got to a, have a physical need met, but B, uh, he was like ministered to in a really tangible way. And I just, uh, I don't know. It was cool. And I hope that's what different church can be to people out there. Uh, I want to be able to unexpectedly give hope to people. Um, you know, sometimes in the form of like prayer or conversation or just being there, but other times physically. And it's so cool to be in a position to, to be that way. And uh, so I just want to encourage you guys to look for opportunities like that and just, you know, be givers. And someday the tables may be turned. I know, you know, we're, we're definitely not a rich church right now. We are um, funding everything ourselves. We don't have anybody, you know, backing us or anything. And so, you know, we, we need help from time to time. Um, we're paying the bills and that's amazing, but we've got bigger ambitions for, for things. And the only way to fund that is, is through uh, gifts from you guys. And so we just want to model generosity. And, uh, I don't know. I just, life's beautiful whenever you give to those around you. So sorry, I, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I was just, I thought it was cool. I'm really happy to be a part of something like that. So thanks to the worship leaders group for, for letting me sneak in. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'm rambling because it's kind of late. I'm, I'm a night owl. I don't know if any of you guys out there are night owls or morning people. I'm definitely a night owl. It's like one thirty right now. Um, but I'm pretty tired. Uh, we're in the home stretch of getting ready for the preview services in February and the grand opening on March 1st. If you guys are following us on social media, you know all about that. If you aren't, maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. We're so thrilled and excited to be launching on March 1st. And I just, I can't believe it. We've been dreaming about this day for so long and it's actually going to happen. So please come see us at the St. Pete Opera Company. It's on First uh, and Twenty Second. I think it's First Avenue and Twenty Second Street. Uh, check our website for for all the details. Diffchurch.com. Um, Ten o'clock. It's open. Doors are open. You can come in and get some delicious black crow coffee. And at ten thirty, the service is going to start. And I just, man, I'm so happy. I'm so excited, but also crazy scared. <laughs> you, uh, you just don't know. You know, like I, I'm sure some people will be there, but. We it could be terrible, and we I just bought our uh, our soundboard. We got a cool used soundboard from a from a guy locally, um, so we got a better deal on it. But I, I don't know what I'm doing with it yet. Uh, I was just trying to set it up last night at my house, and it didn't go good. So <laughs> I'm reaching out to some friends to try and help me learn that. Uh, but man, I'm so excited, really tired, uh, a little overwhelmed at all the stuff that we have to do, but we've got such an awesome team and such an awesome vision. And I just can't wait to show it to everybody. We are serving at under the bridge. It is an event that reach St. Pete puts on and the night we are serving is Sunday, February 9th. We don't need a million people for that event, but by all means, the more the merrier. Basically it's an opportunity for us to just hang out with some people who are experiencing homelessness and offer them a meal, offer them, you know, uh, somebody to talk to, a friend, and just kind of give some hope for the evening. Uh, this is going to be our first time actually physically volunteering with them. 
we um, we do this thing at different called reverse tithe. Anytime someone gives us a gift, we just immediately grab 10% of it and set it aside for these reverse tithe gifts. And our first ever reverse tithe was to reach St. Pete. Uh, on Christmas Eve, we actually paid for every single meal. So we haven't been there physically, but this is kind of a repeat event for us uh, in the sense that we've helped out with one other thing before. I'm very excited to meet everybody from there. Uh, please check out the website, diffchurch.com. You can sign up there or uh, shoot us an email, hello at diffchurch.com. Um, another cool thing that we have coming up is Thursday, February 13th. We're doing a diversity training. Now, this is space is limited and not everybody can come to it. So if you're really interested, uh, shoot us an email, hello at diffchurch.com. Uh, basically, it's just going to kind of teach us uh, how to live in this diverse world that we are, how to be aware of some of the um, biases that we may have, or just uh, maybe some of the ways that we're acting that we don't even understand uh, are hurtful for people around us. So we want to be the type of church that anyone can come to. And with that in mind, we want to, we want to learn how to operate in a type of church that has anybody involved. So if that's something that you're excited about, let us know. Uh, I think we're only allowed to bring in like 15 people or something. So uh, by all means, reach out. We would love to have you there. Also, last but not least, I already mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. March 1st, we'll see you at 10 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. if you just want to come for service. So excited. Can't wait to see you there. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends, friends. <laughs> we can hold like 200 people in our uh, in the room, which is crazy. We're, we're going to be able to grow pretty big at, uh, at the opera company. So come on out. It's going to be a fantastic time. I think that's all that I have for you right now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. And without further ado, here's Hannah. And she is going to be delivering something that I am calling Testify. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and the Lord turned to me and heard my cry. God lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. God set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. God has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what the Lord has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in God. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud, or those who worship idols. O Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all of your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings, but you have given me an open ear, and I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. And then I said, look, I have come, as it is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. 
I have talked about your faithfulness and your saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. Psalm 40, 1-11 Hello friends. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever it is when you are listening to this podcast. It is time for another episode, and this time we are going to be focusing on a passage in Psalms that I just read. And so we're going to talk in this episode about testimony and how we relate to God and how we relate to other people through testimony. Now, testimony is uh, one of those words. It's a very churchy word. And depending on your faith tradition, you may have grown up with an experience of testimony. You may have not. This may be a wholly new concept to you. Um, I'm Pentecostal, so I grew up with testimonies being very frequent. And the way that it worked in my faith tradition is in the middle of a service, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at the beginning, sometimes in between the music and the preaching Sometimes just literally in the middle of everything, someone would stand up and say, I have a testimony. And they would share a little bit about what was going on in their life and how they felt that God had helped them. And that is a tradition that many, many denominations share. Um, But if you're not used to that, it can feel a little disconcerting (laughs) to have somebody you've never seen before and who is not generally part of the order of service just pop up and say, I have a testimony. But that was very normal for me growing up. And a testimony is essentially sharing in sharing out loud an experience that happened in your life and how you perceive it, how you have come through it to the other side, something like that. And it, testimony kind of comes down to a question of what, how do we view God? Do we view God as this disembodied dominant force in the background of our lives, just pulling strings like we're puppets? Um, I think Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, we don't view God in that way. Um, And our faith compels us to settle for a God that does not just reflect the dominant forces of empire, um, but to believe actually something deeper and more loving and more powerful. And power does not have to be top down. It doesn't have to be aggressive to be a transforming power. The power of God is something different than that entirely. And I think we see a very clear example of that in Jesus, the person who was both God and human. And yet he had all the power in the world and refused to act in the ways that people wanted him to act. He refused to be violent. He refused to overthrow the dictatorships of the day using the same powers that the dictators themselves used to gain their power. And it's interesting because in verse six of the passage that I just read, the psalmist, the writer of this psalm, basically says, you, O God, take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now, That is a pretty strong statement, especially coming from a Jew. Now, it's not the only time that it's mentioned in the in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. It's not the only time it's mentioned in the entire Bible as we have it, which consists of the Old and New Testament. We see it sometimes in the prophets as well. But sacrifice was part of the faith life of the children of Israel, of the Jews at that time. And so it's interesting that this writer of this poem is basically saying, I understand what you want, God, and what you want is not sacrifices or offerings. We, You don't want 10% of my grain. You don't want uh, me to sacrifice this animal as a payment for my sins. That's actually not what you want, despite the fact that our entire foundation of faith has been built on this sacrificial system. That's not what you want, God. What you actually want is 
me to talk to you. <laughs> Which I know sounds a little strange, but that's essentially what he says in verse six. You don't take any delight in sacrifices or offerings, and you, but you have given me an open ear, and I finally understand. Now, we're not saying that sacrifices and offerings for our faith, certainly we don't sacrifice animals anymore, um, but sometimes we sacrifice things in life for our faith, for the people around us that we love, and we're not saying that those are never appropriate, but that we don't engage in them for their own sake. We don't just sacrifice to make ourselves feel better or to somehow tip the cosmic scales in our favor, and this is how we relate to God. So we don't view God... As an entity that has an ego that we have to stroke, um, we don't have to pay a price to communicate with God. Are the point in sacrificing, the point in presenting an offering to God is not to appease God, but to connect our internal feelings with external practices that bear witness to God for the sake of our collective flourishing. And I know that was a lot of words, so I'm going to repeat that last sentence a little bit slower and we'll kind of break it down. The point is not to appease God. The point is actually to connect our internal feelings, whether that be gratitude, commitment, concern, grief, joy, any internal feeling that we have with an external practice. And that practice should bear witness to God so that everyone can benefit. The psalmist, the writer of the psalm is basically saying and trying to remind us that God's ultimate desire is not that we sacrifice to God, but that we follow the ways of God so that everyone can benefit, not just for our own sake, not just as a get out of jail free card, but so that every person around us, the community can collectively grow and flourish. And when we live by God's law that is within our hearts, that's when we experience salvation. And salvation is the gift that brings us freedom and peace and joy, and we respond to it in kind. And the writer says something very interesting here is that sacrifice and offering you don't desire, but you have given me an open ear. And it's through this open ear of God that the writer's testimony of transformation is received. So the writer is basically saying, you don't want me to sacrifice to you. Instead, you want to listen to me. And when I speak to you, God, that is received as the offering itself. I don't need to do anything further. I don't need to kill an animal. I don't need to go through all of these rituals. I simply need to open my mouth and share what goodness has done in my life. And this writer is, he's not just speaking to God. So he's talking to God in the poem, but also, of course, it's in the Psalms, which means it's a, it's a hymn. It's a song that would have been sung in worship services, in faith communities around the country. So Everyone else is participating in this writer's revelation about God as well. He's telling everyone he knows about his new understanding of God, of the story of his life, the good parts, the bad, how God has been involved in all of it. And this is the realization that the writer is coming to, is that his testimony, his story of how God has transformed his life is actually the offering itself to God. He doesn't have to do anything further and that that's what God actually wants is for him to share how his life has been transformed. So the question I want to ask you is, when have you benefited from someone else telling their story of transformation? I know that I have benefited in many, many ways from hearing other people's stories. Um, and I, I know that probably for most of us, we have as well. Other people's stories help us grow. They help us know that we're not alone. 
And that happens when we hear a real story from someone's heart, not a sensationalized story, not a tokenized story, not some narrative that's commercialized for profit on television, but actually hearing someone's life experience. Um, that can be changing to our hearts. It can be changing to our minds. And when we hear a person's genuine experience, when they face difficult circumstances, when they wonder how they're going to make it, and yet they found their way into this new life, this process actually saves lives. It opens hearts. It moves mountains. That's why we have things like suicide hotlines. That's why we have... Um, for mental health, that's why we have counselors and therapy and we have groups and in church we have small groups and this is why we talk to our friends and we like to listen to stories from people who get up and speak before us. It's because the stories themselves of transformation are actually life-changing. And of course, not everyone who has had a transformational story in their life attributes this to God. Um, they may have different language for the role that love or hope or justice or grace plays in their lives. So they may not attribute their transformation to God at all in any way, but we who are a community of faith and who are always looking for the work of God and the hand of God in life, we can recognize the sacred in anything that delivers life from evil or destruction. We can recognize the hand of God in anything that is life affirming, that is redeeming um, people who have recovered from illnesses, recovered from addic addictions, healed their broken thought patterns about themselves and their families, healed relationships. We can recognize that that, that too is grace. And we don't have the <laughs> exclusive handle on grace. Grace is available for everyone, whether or not we recognize where it's coming from. And so listening to each other, hearing each other, that is the most transformative thing that we can do. This is our offering. This is our acceptable sacrifice is to give each other an open ear. And I said at the beginning, of course, we no longer sacrifice animals. <laughs> and one of the ways that we can show how faith has impacted our lives and be a community of faith for each other is to give each other an open ear, just like God gives to us. And it should be said, and it should be repeated loudly, <laughs> that the people who have to listen the most are the people with the most power. And I know we talked about listening to understand, not to respond a few episodes back. And that is really what changes hearts. Not listening to argue with people, <laughs> not dismissing people's life experience, lived experiences as invalid, um, but really listening to understand someone's perspective, that's what changes hearts and that's what kind of brings us closer together. And just, I can only speak from personal experience, of course, um, but like in my own life as a woman in faith communities, that's abnormal, first of all. Um, there are not a, there's not a large number of female pastors to begin with, certainly not lead pastors, certainly not, um, there's, there's a much higher percentage of male scholars than there are of female scholars just in the institution. And I can't even count the number of times where I have mentioned or said something about something that's happened to me in my life. And the men on the other side of the table have completely brushed that off. They've said, they didn't mean it that way. They said, um, you're just overreacting. They said, that's just the way it is. Um, all of these kinds of phrases that kind of diminish someone's experience. And I have also been 
with men who have really listened to the experiences of my life and the transformation that's happened in my life. And it has changed their perspective and they have become allies. Um, and they have used their structural ability, their structural power to say, to kind of push the cause of someone else forward. Um, and for the women who have listened, so I have talked, I talk all the time about women in ministry because it's simply part of my life. And I know that there are women who listen to me, who have come up to me, who have contacted me and said, I, I don't know anyone else who's doing this. Um, and so just to know that I'm not alone means something. And in no way do I mean to brag or to say anything like that. Like I'm doing something amazing. I think I'm simply doing what I have to do, um, what a reasonable person would do. But I have to speak from my experience that when someone actually listens to what you're saying, that is when true community is built and that is when things actually get done. And I use that just as an example, but we all have power in certain areas in our life. And wherever we have that power, we have the biggest opportunity to listen. So for example, again, in my own life, I am straight and I am married to a man who is the same color as me, skin color. And so I have never experienced in my life with him at all what it would be like to be afraid to walk down the street holding his hand or showing any kind of physical affection to him. So I don't know what that's like. And it probably would have never occurred to me to think about what it would be like to be afraid to walk down the street with my partner. Except that I have had, I have relationships with people who don't have, they're not in the same situation that I am and they've shared their stories and that's really changed my perspective. And I'm sympathetic to that fear now because I understand what it means to someone's life and because I've listened to people because we're engaging in this sacred work of offering each other a listening ear and I will just also point out that you don't have to always have an in-person conversation um, you can absolutely give a listening ear to a book to an article to a podcast to an um, an audiobook, anything like that, a YouTube video, a TED talk, anything where you can gain information. And I think we all have a responsibility to do some research, especially on the peoples that are in our communities who have not been protected in the same ways that we have. So wherever we have a strong voice, we have to use our space to share the voices of others who have been more marginalized than us. And I think that just goes without saying that that's the baseline is wherever we have power, we have to listen most. But moving on from that, we also have to think about this testimony and this sharing of experiences, how this actually transforms lives in society. Because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, um, I was listening to someone and they, that just really spoke to me. But when it actually hits you in the heart <laughs> and it changes, that's how communities change. That is how deep rooted per hatreds and prejudices get uprooted is by our shared experiences together. And we actually depend on each other as people to unlearn thoughts and practices that keep us from freedom, that keep us from honoring each other, that keep us from recognizing the belovedness of another person who has a different life or life experience than we do. And so a, a few examples of this, for example, we have LGBT persons or a person in the LGBT plus community. And often you will find them sharing experiences of their transformation. And we can benefit from that. Um, and by we, I mean me personally as a straight person, I can benefit from that. And that can change my heart and change my perspective. But it's not just for me. It's also for their 
own story of transformation for people who are like them. So when I speak about women in ministry and women in the church standing up and leading, that is for everyone to hear, but it's also specifically for other women to hear who may not feel like they can stand up and participate. And so when an LGBT person um, speaks up and shares about their life experience and how they have transformed their life, maybe they have um, transformed the narrative of shame and hate that they might have received from their own family or their own faith community, through to learning to love themselves and accept themselves fully, these stories have significant impact on other LGBT persons um, who need to know that they're not alone. And that's a really specific example, but we can apply it in any situation. So anyone, any person who has learned to love the parts of themselves that their families or faith communities or society has taught them to hate, that is a powerful story. And I want to repeat it because I think it's so powerful. (laughs) Any person who has learned to love the part of themselves that their family or faith community or society says that they should hate, that is a powerful and transformative story. And that the sacred is in that story. It's in that testimony. This is for the people who have learned to claim their voice in a world and a society that attempts to silence them. For people who have unlearned self-destructive coping mechanisms for people who have processed through their trauma and for and they're coming through on the other side for people who have healed from lies that have turned them against themselves or against their neighbors and so my question to you is when have you felt stuck in life when have you felt like there was no hope in life when was that dark night of the soul for you and what can you see about that time now that you couldn't have imagined when you were in it. Whatever you can see, that is your testimony. And our stories of transformation, our stories of deliverance from evil of any kind, whether that be oppression, uh, racism, sexism, classism, um, simply the shame and self-loathing that has been dumped on us by the people around us, anything that has kept us and Anything, let me put it this way, anything that has denied love to us and denied equal access to us, and we have come through that and we have grown as people and we have been transformed, that story is not meant to be kept silent. Anything that has helped set us free has the potential to help set other people free as well. And our testimonies don't have to be dramatic. (laughs) They don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be full of great pain to be effective. Um, Some stories are dramatic and complicated and full of great pain, but they don't have to be. You don't have to wake up in the morning and be like, well, I haven't had any trauma in my life, any major trauma, so I don't have anything worth saying. We've all had situations, we've all had experiences where we have that dark night of the soul and we have come through to the other side. Or perhaps we're in that space right now and we need to be the people who are listening to other stories and know that we're not alone. What matters is, whatever your story is, that you tell your authentic story and that it points us to the things that help us all thrive. And the things that help us all thrive are the things of God. They're the heart of God, peace, freedom, love, compassion, vulnerability, justice, engagement, humility, courage, wisdom. All of those things flow directly from our God who is love and who is truth and who is wisdom. And a testimony is basically just sharing. You're just telling a story. You're not convincing. You're not persuading. The sharing 
of your transformation, that is the beautiful offering to God. That is the beautiful part of our faith journey. And so what we have here in this psalm is so unique because we have an entire sacrificial system built up for this entire religion of the children of Israel, built on sacrifices, built on rules and regulations. And suddenly it's all turned on its head. And God says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to speak. I want you to heal by using your words. And I receive your words as the actual sacrifice. Because you are speaking, I know that it's coming from me. And by that, I mean, because you are speaking, the words, the divine, the sacred is actually flowing through you. And when we speak to each other, the listening is sacred and so is the hearing. So we can be like God in receiving an offering and listening to a testimony. And we can be participate in the divine as well by giving the offering and speaking while other people listen so that the entire collective community is uplifted. And sometimes the most healing thing we can do is just to remind ourselves over and over and over and over and over, (laughs) sometimes a hundred overs, that other people feel this too. Whatever you are feeling, other people have felt it before. Whatever you are going through, other people have gone through before. Whatever tragedy or loss or shame or despair or heartbreak that you are traveling through right now, other people have been there. And there are stories of testimony. There are stories of transformation that will show all of us that we are not alone. Because evil and injustice depend almost entirely on the helplessness and the hopelessness of people who believe that they are alone, that there is no way out, that there is no end, that life will never be different. And we depend on each other's testimony to keep in touch with the light of God, to keep in touch with the hope that springs out of our souls when we realize through listening to others that we're not alone. And if you are a person who has currently going through a dark place, I just want you to hear me say you are not alone. Get up, take a breath, do the next right thing. Um, And if you are currently not in a dark place, then I urge you to share in your sacred responsibility um, to participate in presenting your story as a sacrifice to God and in doing so to help the entire community. And so I will leave you with a a benediction that I found particularly powerful this week. And I will wish you all well. And so the benediction is simply this. With fresh reminders of God's presence in our lives, let us go eager to bear witness to the love that is steadfast, to tell stories of hope that persists even in death, to live courageously with trust in the justice of God, These gifts that awaken and restore are not meant to be kept hidden. In the company of the Spirit who empowers and enlivens, may the good news of God be revealed in all that we do. Through Christ, may it be so. Take care, friends, and we will see you very shortly in a new podcast episode. Liturgies adapted in this podcast episode from Infleshed.